WKHM's Business Class. Brought to you by the Sykes Group at Morgan Stanley. Working towards connecting clients with the future they envision. Contact Casey Sykes or Amanda Kassler at 517-768-7722. The Sykes Group at Morgan Stanley is located at 3101 Spring Arbor Road in Jackson, Michigan. And now, WKHM's Business Class. Greg O'Connor back with uh, another edition of the WKHM Business Class podcast. It's brought to you by... The Sykes Group at Morgan Stanley, Spring Arbor Road. And we are uh, delighted, a pleasure to have Neil Fernandez hey. from the Rise Above program with us today. Yeah, welcome. Thanks for having me here. Neil, thank you. Good to see you. And yeah, I nice see you as well. I saw your picture in the paper and you're online. Yeah, and, I'm a famous uh, dude, apparently. You're at, Well, when you get those big checks, that's, that's <laughs> nice. Makes it easy. Uh I want you to talk about the Rise Above program, yeah. first of all, and really kind of explain that to the listeners. Yeah, definitely. So uh, what we do with Rise Above... Because your business really is is helping kids. Yeah, well, it's helping people, really. It yeah. helps our community, helps our kids, helps everybody. But the, the core of the program is we, we work with all 13 districts, school districts in Jackson County, to uh, part, we basically partner with them to take all of their at-risk and risk-immersed kids, uh, predominantly those kids who are being displaced from school for behavioral issues and whatnot, we provide them a uh, daytime setting for them to come and attend. Uh, they can keep up with their schooling. Uh, but the, really the core thing is not just math and science. It's the counseling. It's the social stuff that we do to help reform and to really prevent um, ongoing issues. Uh, we don't um, replace the school. We're just there to partner with them. And the goal with when the students come into our program for that six months, one year, whatever the case is, is to get them prepared to go back to school. And uh, what we do is, is just every day, show up, be ready. And as the kids come in, just give them an opportunity to succeed. And, you, and you probably never know what's going to happen. You don't. I mean, that, that's and that's kind of the beauty of it. You know, and, and most people in business have some regular ebbs and flows. We really don't have a lot of that. It It really is meeting the needs of the students in the schools where they are. Uh, and so when we when we show up every day, you really don't know what's walking through the door, what personality, what mood, and, and whatnot. And that's the beauty of, of working with people and, and getting a chance to, to learn how to work with different personality types is to, to really learn how to, to, to help people manage themselves and in, in groups better. How do you find these kids? Are they tough kids or are they misunderstood kids or uh, all of it? Yeah, well, the, from the tough kid standpoint, all that's a game. That's all a show. It's a facade. You know, they're covering up something. Um, they're they're really just kids, right? So when we see them, they're a result of their environment, a product of. To use a cliche word, they're a product of their environment. So they're dealing. Most kids are dealing with uh, really bad relationship issues. They just don't know how to manage themselves and in their friends well and very often that translates into poor relationships with their parents and then if they've already had pre-existing uh bad relationship issues with parents that then translates into uh poor academics and we know our schools can't handle when you got three thousand kids in a school and and you have johnny that one student who is struggling with math and you're just focusing on why you're not getting your math homework done when you really don't have time to figure out what the what's actually broken at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it 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 puts up a front. And and I'll be honest with you, the the big issue when you talk about that facade is it's that facade is put up to save face, to, to save that embarrassment. And that and we talk about business. We, we were talking a little bit off uh, before we went live here that you know a lot of our bad employees, quote unquote bad employees. I, I bet you, if as employers, if we dug a little deeper. Um, 
it's really a social issue more than it is a performance issue. And the performance issue is a result of a poor social uh, environment or relationship, broken, some broken relationship somewhere. Yeah, I don't think anybody wants to perform poorly. No, I, most I, of the time. Yeah, most of the time, because you have two factors in play there, right? So when you perform poorly, you have poor self-esteem because, oh, I, I did something wrong. Right. Plus you have an embarrassment factor. So you, you then have to, most kids particularly, um, try to save face when you've done something embarrassing. You know, that look over your shoulder, did, did anybody see me just trip on the stairs, you know? Now imagine being at work when it's your... It's your thing. So, yeah, you really got to make sure that you're, you're doing the things you need to do to, to recognize that instead of just feeding into it. So I know I've, I've talked to you in the past. Your, your, your success rate, I think you're, you've done well. You're pretty yeah. happy with it. Yeah. So most of our kids that come into our program come in um, with a what we'd call a recidivism rate, i.e. they're going um, to get in trouble at school repeatedly. It, this isn't a one-time thing. And so the, the bulk of our kids that come into our program that finish the, the, the work that we do, uh, they flip that recidivism rate on their head. So with the number you were talking about is 80%. 80% of the kids nationally that, that commit the offenses that bring them to us, yeah. 80% of those kids will recidivize. They're going to re-offend in sure. some form or fashion. The kids that come through our program, we actually flip that on its head. 80% of our kids have a, have a one-year success rate. So they don't reoffend. So we, we reduce it by quite a bit. What are you doing? A lot of, we're loving on kids. We're, we're taking the time to stop and listen and say, hey, what's going on at home? And we're asking. I mean, that's a miracle number. It, it really, you know. <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. Uh, it, 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 what surprises us as we do it these days, because we think to ourselves, this isn't rocket science. We're literally just taking the time. The challenge is when you've got 50, 60, 70 of these kids in one building as a JPS, as a Northwest, as a Western, and you're you're operating on government funding, you're you're it's difficult. We they, have they the get time. lost. They right? do. They they really do get lost. The, the kids at the back of the class just doesn't talk or the right. whatever the case is. Where we have the time to sit, see Johnny or Susie walk in the building, and it doesn't I, I, Neil necessarily have to be somebody in a in a straight jacket like you said. No. It's maybe somebody that no. is you know, yeah. It could be your just son hiding. Or daughter. It could it could literally be your son or daughter. Yeah, you know we talk about this all the time. These these kids that that fly under the radar, and um, I can think of a very prominent family in town whose son just recently got expelled from school. And I tell you, it happens. To, it can happen to any one of us. It is sure. not just a single particular demographic or group that that struggles with this, um, that can struggle with this issue. So, yeah, for sure. So have has this surprised you? <laughs> the yeah. success? Yeah, it has. I'll be honest with you. Because it is traditionally such a, a difficult group to work with um, in the sense of uh, buy-in, right? Because that's that's what it comes down to. So there's there's two models that we we adhere to at Rise Above. The first one um, is a five-step kind of, I say five-step plan, like it's, you know. But there's five things that we look at. It's this idea of, of can the student trust me? Are they willing to listen to me? In other words, are they willing to be obedient to me? Am I able to challenge the student? Um, am I able to to change behaviors that they have? And does the student grow into something that he or she didn't think was possible? And typically, if we can, if we can get a student to walk through that cycle, sure, they'll repeat it, wash, rinse, repeat, steady. They, the, people will actually start to crave it. It's, um, do you see I, them like almost wake up? They do. It's, it's like a, a, 
it's like a coach, a football coach. You yeah. do a lot of sports, so you will understand this analogy. You'll you'll see a coach get a player to do something a teacher could never do. And the reason is a coach spends really intimate, in-depth time with each player to teach them how to do a very specific thing, right? So you're a good runner. So you're going to be a wide receiver. I'm going to teach you how to be the best wide receiver. And then what happens is that coach gets that student to do things that they, oh, coach, I can't run another lap. You're going to run another lap. And then the student will suddenly run it and they go, wow, I ran another lap. That was crazy. Coach, tell me something more. That's that trust and obedience thing. And then the challenge is, hey, I just ran another lap. I, hey, challenge, I, I didn't realize I could run into the lap. I just grew into something. And it really is this cycle. And you can do this with your family, your employees. and But we do it with these students that come in from these schools that people, when a student gets tough, like these students do, the, the natural tendency is to back off, which is the exact opposite of what coach does. When things get hard, what happens in the locker room at halftime? Coach raises his voice. Things got to tighten up. We got to get better as a team. We got to start playing together. That's the exact opposite of what schools tend to do, which is to back off. Oh, Susie's having a bad day, so we're going to back off, give her some extra space. Mm -mm. That's not how the student wants you. They're looking for someone to take leadership in that moment. Yeah, and it's the same thing with our employees. We lose opportunities to take leadership um, with these with our employees, our students, our our sons, our daughters, and it's in those moments when you can literally make or break someone's next opportunity. So Now, they all don't turn into no. Huck Finn. No, yeah. that's, that's, that's for sure. But what we do in, in what I say most often happens is we are the start of uh, creating capacity in the students to begin the journey. So during the six months to year that they're with us, um, they, they – crack the door a little bit. So when they come to us, there's so much chaos going on. Remember, all the stuff that just happened to get them to the point of expulsion. Yeah, they're probably kicked out. Yeah, right? So whatever prompted them to bring a gun to school, to burn a building down, to beat up a teacher, to sell drugs, do drugs, you name it. And then a school says, hey, you messed up, get out. You know, and not just for a couple of days, but for a year. Mm-hmm. That's catastrophic. And that's assuming you have parents that care and then they're going to be upset with you. So then you lose your cell phone, you lose your Xbox, you lose all these things that your kind of world revolves around, right? And then we expect them to get better. Uh, you know, so what we do when they come to us is we slow everything down. We give them an opportunity to voice themselves because very often in that ex- expulsion process, suspension, they don't get a lot of say because there's rules that just this is what's going to happen. They're told, Right. So we open yeah, you that. You don't hear their story. They don't get to, you know, and that's that's a part of the arbitration process to me is to hear your side of the story, right? You know? Right. Um, and to give them a chance to say, you know what, I got to this point because I've been watching my dad beat up my mom for the past six years, or my my grandmother who I live with is an alcoholic, or you know what I mean? Yeah. So when they come into us by starting that narrative, that understanding of the narrative that's happening, something like, oh wait a second, I can relax, and then. Then in that moment, then they can start to think about math and science. And then we can start opening the door. Hey, because Mr. Fernandez, listen to me. I, I trust Mr. Fernandez. And then that opens the door to me to then start saying, hey, you know what? Instead of going out to hang out with um, Susie after school every day, you know, why don't you start going to the Y with us? Where There's five or six of us that go to the Y to play basketball. And then... Then we start having these lessons and suddenly it opens up just enough capacity that when the stuff hits the fan, mm-hmm. it doesn't result in swings being thrown or guns being pulled or, you know, uh, going into a corner and, and self-medicating. And 
you know, that's the whole point of capacity. So you and I, Greg, when we have a, a tough day, we have coping mechanisms. We have Uncle Tim to call. We have our, our mentors to get a hold of. You know, we can pull a mic into our face and vent, you know, in our, in our shows or whatever the case yeah. is. Um, these kids don't have that. Our poor wives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, these kids don't have that. So what do they do? They go to these avenues yeah. that tend to be destructive and what good adults look at as bad behavior really is a coping mechanism for them. So, yeah. How do you see the... Uh, how do these kids work back into the Schools into the system and systems and stuff? Yeah. Is that tough? It is, and I'll tell you why it's tough. It's not tough in the sense that they're not prepared. What happens is they come to us and it's a change, though, isn't it, Neil? It is. It, they come to, so <laughs> when they walk in the front door, they're they're angry. I was going to use another word there, but they're really, really angry. Yeah, because everyone's against them. It feels like right. What? Well, yeah, you brought a gun to school. You know, <laughs> it's just going to happen that way. So once we get them calmed down and they start to fit in and they realize, hey, I'm having these successes, there comes a point where we start talking about going back to school. But then the reality sets in of, oh my gosh, I don't get to stay at Rise Above. You mean I have to go back to school? Because we're we don't replace the schools. We just support them. Yeah. Right. We, as much as we support exactly. the student, our goal is to get you back to school so you can be a normal part of society and and not isolate yourself. Like because it's a small environment at Rise. And Above. the schools want them back. They do. They they really do. And because they're losing these students. So by the end of the thing, the hardest part is convincing them that it's okay. You're going to be okay to go back to school. You've learned the things. You now have the capacity to succeed. And uh, I tell you, some of our best success stories, we literally had a young man, I was in the middle of my stream yesterday, um, and a young man walked into our building, a former student from last year that went back to, to Jackson Public. And he's like, he realized we were doing that podcast was like, I want to come on. I have so many good things to say about my time here. And he was one of those kids that said at the end, can I just stay? Because I, I feel safe here. And like we were able to convince him that, no, going back to school is the right thing to do. And now he's talking, he's got goals, he's going to university, he's gonna own, he wants to own his own car dealership. It's just, it's incredible, this kid. That How gratifying in. is that? Oh my goodness, Greg. I, I, you know, um, I used to make um, sugar water for a living. <laughs> I used to work at Coca-Cola. Um, and... Uh, I thought that was a satisfying job. I had a good paycheck, you know, I had good pension, all the, I worked for a great company. Mm -hmm. And uh, I tell you, it was a struggle to get up to go to work sometimes. And there is, uh, it's rare that I struggle to get up to go to work um, doing what I do now. And I don't, I don't make as much as I used to. I don't um, have all the accolades that I used to. Uh, but the fact that we work with these kids and see, and I'm, I'm not joking when I say this, this is not a flippant statement, that I literally see lives changed on a regular basis. Oh, you have to. Is, uh, you have to. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable to and me. And with those numbers, uh, yeah. what, a, what a program you, you've put together. Mm -hmm. Probably uh, hidden treasure here in the community. How, mm -hmm. I know you've been received well, but as you know, Everybody doesn't know about you. That's that's correct. So one of the things that we always, you know, we always say, because uh, we're a nonprofit, so we always look for donations and stuff. And we always say, well, yeah, checks and cash are great, but really what I want is your Rolodex, you know? <laughs> yeah. I want you to talk about me behind my back, and I want you to introduce me to people. Yeah, sure. And, and that's one of the blessings is um, Senator Mike Shirky, House, current House Speaker, um, is a big advocate of ours, and, and he wants a statewide he, he just said it at the AT&T gift presentation the other day. Senate Majority Leader. Senate Majority, yeah. Um, he he uh, 
said, you know, in he said, in five years, I expect you to be statewide type of thing. Yeah, well, that's that's a great sentiment, but the reality is, is that it's possible, uh, but it's going to take a lot of effort from a lot of communities. So right now, we're we're set to launch in Grand Rapids in the next few months. That is a thing. That's exciting. Uh, yeah. Um, we, we have a starting district there that's going to kind of launch us in Jenison. And then from there, uh, we've already started some pretty serious conversations with Lansing as well. And we already have a seed planted in Detroit. So it's 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 feasible. That's to, big. Yeah, it is. For, it? You know, and I think as we look back over the five years that Rise Above has been in existence, there probably is not a better community to have started this uh, from a seed. You know, you talk about planting seeds. There, there was not a better, more fertile ground than in Jackson County. The school districts were ripe. They were ready for this type of initiative. Overburdened. Oh, very much so. Okay. You know, in the beauty though is we have superintendents that actually talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. And that's rare. Yeah. In communities, they're usually they're in pretty tight here, aren't they? We have a great group of leaders in our school districts right now. Um, there's a lot of room for growth still, as there is in any organizations. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's one of those things where I think if we attempted to do this any any other, any other community, it probably would not have, uh, have succeeded as quickly as we have here. You know, because we've not only do we have a tight knit school districts, but we have a great community of, of business leaders as well, and we have um, uh, a very philanthropic uh, community as well that is willing to give to support initiatives like this. So we're, yeah, it was just a perfect storm for us when we came in, uh, and we really, you know, as people say all the time, you really met a need. We, I, I believe, we did. It was a current underserved population. Um, Mike Smita, I say this all the time uh, from Western, said it best is, Neil, you gave me an alternative to saying good luck to students in these situations, you know, and uh, we provide now a real hope and a real opportunity to students that otherwise had none. How did you get there, Neil? (laughs) So my background, funny enough, is in business. So my wife and I are from Toronto originally. It's where all of our kids were born and and whatnot. And we moved here, oh, I guess this is our ninth year. We moved here to come to Spring Arbor University to get my degree. And my senior year, um, I'd gotten to know a lot of academics and stuff in the community. And my senior year, sitting in church, (laughs) actually, it kind of dawned on my wife and I this need. And I spent my whole senior year putting a business plan together and talking to community leaders and seeing, we thought we were going to join somebody. We figured this was already a need that had been met somewhere and we were just going to partner with somebody. And the more we talked to people, we realized that it it was not being met. And so um, we had some early supporters that were really uh, eager to see us grow and thrive and and basically funded us for our first two years. Um, And now we're, you know, we're, we're fully immersed in the, the, the nonprofit world uh, when it comes to the services we provide and, and how we provide them, you know, how we generate our revenues and whatnot. So, yeah, it's- You're listening to WKHM's Business Class Podcast, brought to you by the Sykes Group at Morgan Stanley. Call 768-7722 today to get connected to the future you envision. So this was... Uh- really kind of a shot in the dark it was i mean to, to add to that story my background is not in education it's not in social work or anything like that i'm a businessman <laughs> i've had five of my own small companies i've worked for large multinational companies i said coca-cola right. warehouser garda you know in in management upper level management positions and and to think one day 10 years ago that one day i'd, I'd be running a small well what was a small nonprofit, now a growing nonprofit out of the city of Jackson would have, 
I would have said, you're crazy. There's no way. Yeah, it seems like almost a fluke that you ended up here in Jackson. Yeah, but what I think what I realized... But a good fit. It was. It was a perfect fit. And and I was no stranger to Jackson, although being from Canada originally, um, I actually came here because of shoe pox all the time. A friend of mine was a a competitive bow shooter and used to come here all the time to buy his bow equipment. Oh, sure. uh, From shoe pox. He used to shoot all these competitions. (laughs) And so I was familiar with Jackson. Uh-huh. But uh didn't think I'd ever live in this community, but it's been amazing how, how well this community has received my family and and uh, the city has been been great to live in. So with the expansion, what what do you what do you foresee? Do you have well, a, a crystal ball that you're looking into? <laughs> yeah, I've got it all lapped, uh, mapped out. It's been fit. No, I'm just kidding. There's uh there's still a lot to do. I mean, uh, we've got some, some great initial indicators that the community is looking to support us. I'm actually going out there next week to talk to their Chamber of Commerce, hopefully meet with some other elected officials. Um I, I suspect that uh, Grand Rapids will receive us well from a funding standpoint. The real challenge, honestly, is is here in Jackson because I'm the primary fund fundraiser. People know me, my face. Um, the goal is I'm, I'm trying to find some sustainable funders for Jackson so that I can step away um, and focus on Grand Rapids for a while. But uh, it'll happen. I mean, Jackson, again, once they hear the need and know the need, they'll, I'm sure they'll support. Is Jackson then... You, uh, it's really your model. Isn't it, it is. Yeah, and so we've actually had several visitors from, from other communities come in and look at the model and to, to see what possibilities are there. And uh, it's, um, we've had a doctoral research paper written on, on the model already, and uh, we look to do another one hopefully soon. Uh, we have several universities that engage us with internships and whatnot because they, they see the value in the type of work that we're doing and the, the diverse population that we serve. So it's, uh, it's been... I don't know if I want to say it's been humbling, but it's been tremendously encouraging to see uh, other people get excited about what we thought was just this random idea about uh, how to serve this population. So, yeah. Well, we can't let you get away without uh, telling us about your wife and family. Yeah. So we've got a, a three amazing kids, my wife, Veronica, and I. Yeah, my son is currently on the soccer team at Spring River University. Um, I have a middle. My daughter is uh, married and gone. She married and found a great young man here in town named Craig, and he's a, a phenomenal gift to my to my little girl. And uh, then we got a little guy, Asher, who's... Uh, who's uh, going to school here in town as well. But um, Veronica is a huge part of Rise Above. She is the founder, as far as I'm concerned. She's the, uh, someone said once that I'm the boot, she's the polish to everything. <laughs> you know, I'm the one that kicks in the door. She's the one then that fixes all my messes mm-hmm. um, afterwards. But uh, yeah, she has been a phenomenal part of this team and has very much been the guiding force to, to all the success that we've had. Tell everybody about your uh, facility. Yeah, so uh, we're located at 936 Fleming. It is a county building that uh, was the old Jackson County Courthouse. Yeah. And it's right beside the, the youth home. It's about a 10,000 square foot building. Kind of set back from the uh, it is from Fleming. a little bit, and but it's a gorgeous, gorgeous building. About 100 years old now. Yeah. And uh, we utilize the whole building to its fullest extent. And it's a great partnership with us in the county to not only does it help um, us, because obviously we get a building at a great rate, but obviously with the reduced recidivism rate. So we often undertell the story of what it costs to do this. Um, so real quick, I got two minutes. Yeah. So let's let's talk numbers for a second. So it's you, a podcast. It's a podcast. Yeah, it's beautiful. It never ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you take a kid that brings a gun to school. Let's take the wor- one of the worst case scenarios. Kid brings a gun to school. You immediately have... 
every member of that school involved. You have police involved. You have courts involved. For sure, you've got probation involved. Probably some mental health involved. Nationally, the average cost for that kid, the moment that event takes place, the average one-year cost of that single event is $173,000 for that one event. In Jackson, it's about 145000 because are we salaries and whatnot. That does not take into account lost salaries of parents, grandparents, anybody that's helping that, take that kid to court, um, any of the, the, the ongoing medical care, none of that stuff. That's just the immediate, that week, the expulsion, all the stuff that happens. That's what that costs. If there's incarceration, the youth home, that number goes up another $60,000 plus for that student. That's an incredible number. Think about that for a second. Yeah. With an 80% recidivism rate. In other words, that's going to happen every year until something is done to solve whatever's causing the student to do whatever's happening. It costs $7,400 plus to educate that kid. And if a student in that situation gets referred to rise above, it costs us about $9,800 for that one student for the duration that they're with us. Somebody said, well, if it only costs 7500 why does it cost you guys 10000 Well, because of the counseling side of things that we do. So let's look at that on the other side. So the student doesn't come to rise above. $7,400 plus the $170,000. We'll, we'll call it Jackson's number, $145,000 every year. Inject rise above. He brings a gun to school. He gets expelled. It's going to cost you 145000 bucks. That's done. But instead of sending them home to play Xbox and eat Doritos, hopefully... Right? Yeah. You refer them to rise above. Well, yeah, you're going to spend $10,000. You're still going to spend the 145. But what's going to happen, that com- that student completes our program, the recidivism rate goes from 80% drops below 20%. Suddenly, you have this student that is not costing you 170, $140,000 every year. Suddenly, you have a student that goes back to school, gets his diploma, goes into the workforce, goes to university, starts paying taxes. A conservative estimate, conservative now, because it doesn't count everything, just the major costs for Jackson County with the students that we've served, just over 120 students we've served in five years. Conservatively, we've saved the community about $5 million in recidivism fees and ongoing fees associated with delinquency in these students. Yeah, that's probably low too. That's Again, that's a very conservative number. Yeah. And when you figure what it costs to operate Rise Above, about $250,000 a year, we've probably only spent about a million dollars to do all of this work in the past five years. How can people help you? Shoot. Write me a check. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> yeah. really, the, the, and as I said before, checks are great, but honestly, the, the big thing here is just talk about us. Because there is somebody out there that wants to fully fund this program, right? That, Everybody that comes alongside of us and writes $50 checks and $100 checks, $1,000 checks, they all know somebody that can write a million-dollar check, that can write a half a million-dollar check, $100,000. That's really the conversation that needs to happen is, Neil, who do I need to introduce you to? Who do I need to go and have lunch with, sit beside you while you talk to them about this amazing initiative and the success, you know, that I can take a kid with me to lunch to say, I, I want you to tell your story of why this matters. Um, really, that's what I, I'm hoping for is that somebody somewhere has that relationship that they want to share in the exact same we do 
way we do with our students. We share our relationships with them. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping somebody in this community um, and whoever hears this just is willing to come alongside us and say, hey, Neil, I know exactly who you need to talk to. Wow. So that we can really, really honestly make this, as Mike says, a statewide initiative where we're not just serving Jackson, but we're indeed we're serving thousands of kid from, kids from across our state. You do a uh, video podcast. We do. Yeah, we do. Tell us about it. So uh, once a week, every Monday, around 11 o'clock Eastern, um, we get together. It's a live uh, video podcast where we interview um, in studio and people from honestly across the globe. Um, it could be anyone from uh, ex-cons, felons, to uh, educators in our community. Um, I spoke to the new director, um, Steve Castle, of the Interface Shelter. He's probably going to come on stream this, this uh, hopefully sometime in a couple months. I'm going to try and, uh, that's a hint, Steve, um, uh, to get him to come on the stream. We talked about it today, but you know, it could be anybody. Yeah. The goal there really is just to talk about um, what some might see a very generalized topic or general topic of the day. But honestly, is is probably an understated topic. Um, a lot of times, it's like I was telling you earlier. It could be, what does it mean to keep a promise? You know, and if you do break a promise, how do you save it? How do you recoup that relationship? Sure. Because um, as you've, uh, we've already talked about the, the, me, the big thing is is relationship. We have to restore the relationships um, and maintain the relationships we have in our lives. And if we don't do that well, that's usually you know how we find ourselves in trouble or falling behind in things. So. Yeah, the goal of the podcast really is just to educate people on how to do relationships well. Most of the kids that you find in trouble, Neil, is it uh, is it a family issue? Usually, that's where it's it started. Uh, either at a young age or somewhere at a pivotal time in their lives, somebody important to them didn't show up. Um, and that we talk about that, that that actually comes out a lot in the in the stream that we do, the live stream, where our, our audience, because we have a substantial audience that shows up to that, where the, we'll say something about that, and they'll say, yeah, there was a time when my my dad left my mom, and suddenly that'll turn into this big long conversation about the importance of that relationship and what the removal of it meant to the choices that that person then made, and very often it's um, it's a parent that didn't show. Uh, their student how to cope with trauma. So something bad happens and I wasn't there to support you in that trauma. So it could be the death of a family member, it could be the loss of a job, it could be any number of things. And if a student doesn't or isn't given the capacity or shown how to have the capacity to deal with that traumatic event, um, it very often manifests itself, re-manifests itself in very negative ways. So Bill Withers said it. Lean on me. Yeah, I mean, kids, they need uh, need somebody to lean on, don't they? Yeah, and, and there's a there's a Hebrew term called sitting shiva. It's this idea of just sitting quietly with somebody while they mourn, and very often that's what we do with our students. We're willing just to sit quietly with them as they mourn, and then when they're ready to talk, we walk with them. You know, as they as they talk through whatever happened, and then life advice happens and and all those things. But it really when when the very often the parent themselves is either so engulfed in work, so engulfed in their own um, drama, they just don't have the time to work with their student. And so because they're not getting the attention that they desire from their parent, they then go elsewhere or look to, yeah. It's just, it's, it's almost scary how uh, easy it can happen to the best of us. Yeah. You know, with, with, and there's another statistic just about reading, you know, let's, let's take it off the emotional side, just very practical. Um, 
the importance of reading in a student. Uh, if a student who's incarcerated gets even just a bit of remedial reading help, the likelihood of their ongoing adult success dramatically skyrockets. It's the exact same thing with the social. Any student that has a mentor, somebody that they know they can talk openly to without the fear of judgment or reprisal, punishment, yeah. um, this, that's, the rate of that student's success will skyrocket immediately. And that's not always there. It's not, and that's, in our case, that is the thing that we're yeah. treating first, is the social element, um, and then we look to the academic side of things, so. So saving kids is the, is your business, and it, there can't be anything more important. Yeah, no, I, we would agree with that statement wholeheartedly, because it really, in saving your kids, you save your community, right? Because if that kid's not in our program, you don't know where he's at. If somebody wants to find out about you, Neil, yeah. what... what what should they do? Best thing to do is to go to our website, um, just riseabovejxn.org. But Facebook, same thing, riseabovejxn. And uh, indeed, just call our office. That's uh, probably the best thing. And all that stuff's on our website as well, uh, 517-513-3892. Um, it's pretty straightforward, uh-huh. you know, uh, the contact page and whatnot. Uh, We're always looking for volunteers, interns, uh, obviously financial partners, and... Um, people that are willing to, to come alongside to, to have those relationships to connect us to other people that uh, they think can support us and our, and our students. So, great to have you on the uh, yeah, podcast. Always great to be here, Greg. Thanks for your time. Amazing job. Rise above. Uh, Neil Fernandez. Again, uh, for more information, you can call Neil. Yep. His office at? Yep. 517-513-3892. And a website, just riseabovejxn.org. Business Class Podcast on WKHM, always brought to you by the Sykes Group at Morgan Stanley, Spring Arbor Road. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the WKHM Business Class Podcast, brought to you by the Sykes Group at Morgan Stanley.